Are you ready for the word today? Acts chapter 3, verse 1. If you've got it, say amen. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. How many know he asked for alms? How many know what he got? He got legs. That's, you know, I used to hear my dad tell that gag when he was preaching and I would groan. I'd get really frustrated. Oh, dad. Now I find these same jokes. Just, uh, they, just, they just get in your spirit. And the more you try to be less like your parents, the more you just become just like them. You do the same thing. You walk like them. You complain like them. You do, anyway, bless God for parents. Who's seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask for arms, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So they gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, <clears throat> but such as I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, praising God. He wasn't just walking, man. He got pumped. He started leaping. And I don't even know what leaping is. I know what jumping is. I think leaping is kind of something just a little bit different, more excited. And he was leaping into a church that he was not even allowed in a moment before. But God met him. God touched him. God changed his life. And I don't know about you, but I believe with all of my heart what America needs, what Australia needs, what Canada needs, what New Zealand needs, what Mexico needs, what Hong Kong needs, what Dingo Creek needs. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead to touch lame, broken humanity with the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Two weeks ago, it was Pentecost Sunday. And I made a decision years ago, I'm going to have Pentecost Sunday every Sunday. I'm even going to have Pentecost Sunday on Monday. Pentecost Monday. It's great when you have Pentecost Monday. It's not really too different from a normal Monday. Other than you just wake up and go, Kurabashanda. Woo! Bless Jesus. Anyway, are you happy this morning? Here, here we go. So, so, so you've got Peter, Peter, Peter. Now, Peter, he had good days. Walking on water, good day. Some of you don't know what water is. Water, walking on water. <laughs> Peter was walking on water. One day, another day, he says to Jesus, he says, hey, don't go to Calvary. Now, I don't know about you, as far as advice goes, I'd say that's some of the worst advice in the Bible. Don't go to Calvary. And Jesus responds in a fitting manner. He says, get thee behind me, Satan. Now, I don't know about you, but when you get called Satan, you're not having a good day. <laughs> Especially when it's God calling you Satan. It's never good. And so Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. That's a bad day. Peter's having a bad day. Another bad day is uh, when some soldiers came to arrest Jesus, he chops off one of the assistants' ear. There it is, gone. Bad day. You shouldn't really assault people. Wielding a weapon, he wields a weapon. Jesus takes the ear and has to stick it back on. Or at least that's what we think. He may have just made another ear. I kind of hope he did make another ear. Because he could use the old ear and Peter could go around preaching and leading worship from the piano using his ear, playing piano. And people said, man, Peter, you're getting very good at this. He says, thank you, I play by ear. Then one day a girl in the city of Jerusalem comes up to Peter and says, you know Jesus? He says, no. He says, you know Jesus? He says, no. 
says, no, 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 I've seen you with him. And he says, no, and he begins to curse God. Bad day. What, how is it that Peter, in the same city, in the same city where he denies Jesus, where he says, I don't know him, in the same city where he didn't have the strength to admit that he had been walking with Jesus, talking with Jesus, operating with Jesus, how is it that he went from being Peter, blown around by the wind, to now standing up in the same city and looking at a man and saying, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk? I'll tell you how it happened. He had an encounter with God. And God, the Bible says, is no respecter of persons. And what he did for Peter, he can do for you right now. We need to have a supernatural encounter with God that will change our heart and change our life so that we can truly know that he that is in us is greater than he that's in the world. I don't know about you, but I believe that every single believer who's washed in the blood of Jesus, who's born again by the Spirit of God that said yes to serving God, doesn't just have to live knowing about God, but can be filled with the power power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit so we can go out and do what God's called us to do, be who God's called us to be and see America and see Dallas shaken by the power of the living God. Can you say amen this morning? Man, I'm getting happy today. My right leg's starting to go. Jump back with me for the, to, to the book of Luke for just a, just a moment. The book of Luke. And this is chapter 24. This is the last thing that Jesus ever preached or even said before he ascended to heaven. This is the last sermon that Jesus ever preached. He didn't preach a message on even grace or redemption. It wasn't a message on miracles. It wasn't a message on marriage. It, wasn't a mess- it, was, a, it was a message focused on one thing. It was a sermon focused on one thing. And I don't believe that it's a coincidence that the the last thing Jesus ever said was this. I believe if if I was going to make a departure from planet Earth and get raptured, and I said, guys, gather around, I want to share something. I'll try and share something that's going to stay with you, that's going to build your spirit, that's going to empower you for the next season of your life. And and so Jesus leaves, and this is the last thing that he said. And I love this. He says in, in verse 49 of Luke 24, he says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. How many know what the promise of the Father was? The Holy Ghost. Somebody say the Holy Ghost. He says, behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you, but tarry or wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. That word endued means clothed with power from on high. He says, go and wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed with power. That word power, I'm sure you all know this comes from a Greek word, which is dunamis, from literally meaning divine, supernatural enabling, miracle, supernatural power. He said to Christians, he didn't say it to non-Christians, he's saying to believers who love God, who serve Christ, his disciples. He said, go and wait because I want to clothe you with power in order for you to do what, God, what I want to do next in the kingdom of God. And basically he's saying, don't start a church. Don't, don't have a, a, a missions or effort or a, or a Bible school or don't start anything. He said, but what I want you to do is I want you to go and wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are plugged in and empowered by my spirit in order to do the things I've called you to do. I'm telling you, there is nothing more powerful than a believer being baptized and empowered. Come on, somebody, if you believe that this morning, <laughs> baptized in the power of the spirit of God. Because when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, man, you change, man. 
I mean, when the Holy Ghost hit Paul, I mean, he hit Saul. The S fell off his name and a P just popped on the end. That's a serious encounter. Hey, David, how was church? Powerful. It's now, now paving. I mean, it wasn't just that. He also got, got blinded. I mean, talk about manifestations that aren't on the popular list. I mean, we want, we want to fall down. We want to, you know, we want to feel the power of God. Blindness is one of the least popular manifestations. But man, you know you've had a good church service if you come in seeing and boom, you're blind. I'm believing for that this morning. Not really. But in the 11 o'clock we are. So let's jump over to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1. Are you happy this morning? This is basic old school assemblies of God, Pentecostal theology that we believe. And let me tell you, it is who we are. It's what we believe. It's not just a, it's not just a good idea. I'm telling you, if you can receive the power of the Spirit of God, your life will change. I promise. If not, we'll give you your offering back. Pastor Jim said he'd handle that personally. Let's have a look at this. <coughs> Acts chapter 1, verse 4. It says, and being, this is just a continuation of what Luke was writing. Luke wrote this as well. He says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized in water. You shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they came together, they asked him, Lord, Lord, Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. He says, but you shall receive power. Somebody say power. <coughs> you shall receive power. <coughs> excuse me. When the, it doesn't say excuse me in the text. I just added that. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus is saying to the people that followed him, he says, I want you to wait in an upper room. I want you to wait in the city of Jerusalem because something is about to happen. Something is about to take place. How many, know, how many have experienced what I'm talking about right now? Something is about to happen that is about to change your life. I don't want you to do anything. I just want you to wait because I know once the power of God gets a hold of your life, you will never, ever be the same. And I'm here to tell you today that the scripture here for them is the same for you. Maybe you have not yet encountered the spirit of God. Maybe you've been coming to church week after week and you've been brought in. You've, you, maybe you've come for whatever reason. And, and I'll tell you, the reason you come to this church is not really because you like the pastors. It's not really because this venue's all nice. It's not really because there's nice things, good coffee or whatever. The reason you keep coming back to this church is not because of rhetoric. It's not because of ability. It's not because of someone's talent. It's because of the power of God that's alive in this house and you feel something and it's the Holy Ghost drawing you. I'm telling you, when I walked into this room this morning, I didn't just walk into a nice church. I walked into a place where I could feel the power of God, man. Woo, man, it'll get you happy. This is good news. This is better than a poke in the eye with a chopstick. He says, you shall receive power. You shall receive power. So Jesus says, wait. So they start waiting. And then in Acts chapter 2, let's just turn there. I'm just setting this up and then we'll just see what God wants to do this morning. It says this, Acts 2, if you've got it, it's not far from Acts 1, just turn right. And it says this, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Now, being a Pentecostal, being a Pentecostal, 
Some people think it's because of the name that is on the door of your church. Well, the name, you could be Church of God, AOG. I don't know, what else? First Church of the Frozen Chosen of Babylon's Tabernacles, Mother-in-Law. It's a great church. It's just up the street. It's very powerful. And he says, and the day of Pentecost had fully come. I want to ask you a question today. Has your day of Pentecost fully come? Have you had a God encounter? You might be sitting here today and say, look, when I hear this word Pentecostal, I get a bit nervous. The word Pentecostal means 50. 50 is not really that scary. I've never seen the number of 50 and go, oh. The only reason they were called Pentecostals is because the Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost. If it had happened at Christmas, they'd be called Christmacostals. He said, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, I've read this scripture so many times, I know it off the top of my head. He says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly. Somebody say suddenly. I love the suddenlies of God. When God just makes an entrance, when he, he just bursts in and suddenly something happens. I love that Paul and Silas were in prison. The Bible says, and it was at midnight. It says they were praising God. I don't know about you, if I was in prison for serving God, I don't know if... Uh, if I'd be praising him at midnight, I reckon in true Australian fashion, I'd be complaining at midnight. I'd be saying, Lord, I've served faithfully and this is what happens. But not Paul, not Silas. They began to to praise God. They began to magnify God. And the Bible says suddenly there was an earthquake and the chains fell off them, but not just off them, but off every other prisoner in that place. Can I tell you this morning, sometimes when we come to church, we think, you know, I'll praise God because things are good and maybe things are tough and you're not praising or maybe you just don't feel like praising God. I don't get the right to come to church and not praise God because it just might be that my praise and my worship and my expression of faith may just break the chains of somebody sitting next to me. Somebody behind me, somebody in front. You know, there is somebody here today that needs your praise. There is somebody in the house today that needs to hear you shout, needs to hear you sing, needs to hear you rejoice and celebrate the bigness of God. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven. When the woman leaves your blood, she touches the hem of the garment of Jesus. Immediately, suddenly the blood flow stopped. Woo! Malachi says, the God whom you seek will come suddenly to his temple. I love the suddenlies of God. I love when it seems impossible, there's a suddenly. When life's difficult for you, there's a suddenly. When the enemy presses in, there's a suddenly. When you're sick in your body, there's a suddenly. When you feel like giving up, there's a suddenly. Somebody say, suddenly. It says, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared under them cloven tongues like as a fire. One sat upon each of them, and they were all filled, not some. They were all Let me tell you, same here today. All of you can be filled with the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says they began to speak in tongues. Oh, man, I'm a tongue-talking Pentecostal. I pray in tongues all the time when I'm driving my car. Cool, ra-ba-ba-ba-shanda. My dad used to drive the car, and he'd pray in tongues. He still does. And he used to annoy me because we'd pick up the local neighbors and take them to school. Dad would be driving the car. Cool, ra-ba-ba. They weren't even saved. He'd be praying in tongues. Oh, Lord, we lift up your name. I was so embarrassed. Now at the grand old age of 33, now I'm driving the car. Lord, we lift up your name. These generational weird things. Let me tell you, if you've got praying parents, you're blessed. If you've, got, if you've got a mum and dad that know how to touch God, you're blessed. I'm telling you right now, it's a blessing from God. And he says they're all filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't know what it's like in that upper room, Pastor Jim. Wasn't there. 
wonder if it was something like this. Jesus says, wait. He tells 500 people to wait, and 120 end up waiting. In that room, many people believe is an upper room in the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, and they're up there waiting for the Holy Spirit. How do you wait? It's not like they could pray in tongues. They couldn't do that yet. So they're just waiting. I think it's just like Forrest Gump sitting on the park bench. You know, life's like a box of chocolates, just having a chat, sitting there knowing something's happening, something's coming. But little they know something was coming. It wasn't a bus. It wasn't a person. Well, it was a person, but it was a different kind of person. It was a supernatural person. It's the spirit of the living God. He's not an it. He's a he. I'm telling you right now, he's real. He's not just some Pentecostal bird that flies into a church and hands out tongues. There you go. I'm telling you, he's with you. He walks with you. Jesus said, it's better that I go because the comforter can come. Why is it better that the comforter can come? Because they were with Jesus. But when the Holy Ghost came, God was in them. And I want to tell you right now, it is so good to know that the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Ghost, is living on the inside of you and living on the inside of me. That's why when the Bible says, greater is he that's in you, he's talking about the Spirit of God in you is greater. The greater one is on the inside of you. Man, I want to live filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. And they're sitting in that upper room, minding their own business, 10 days after the ascension of Jesus. And they hear this. (laughs) Peter says, Matthew, what was that? Matthew says, I don't know, but your head's on fire, bro. (laughs) Peter says, Matthew, your head's on fire too. And Thaddeus walks in and says, should have bought a Honda, but I bought a Mitsubishi. And they start speaking in tongues. You say, what's the interpretation? I don't really know, but we're going to figure that out by the end of the message. I think it's something like this. You need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. So they're in that upper room. The fire of God's fallen. Peter will, I don't know if it was like this, but I wonder, I wonder if maybe, uh, you know, some of the great champions of, uh, of the New Testament, maybe Lazarus was in that upper room that day and he walks up to G- uh, Peter and he says, Peter, this is the same power I felt when Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. I wonder if the woman with the issue of blood, man, come on somebody, help me preach this a little bit this morning. I wonder if the woman with the issue of blood walked up to G- uh, Peter and said, hey, Peter, this is the same power I felt when virtue went out of his body, into my body and brought healing and life. I wonder if the woman of the well walked up to Peter and said, Peter, this is the living water that Jesus was talking about when he said, if you drink my living water, you'll never thirst again. I'm telling you right now, the Bible doesn't say there was a river. The Bible says there is a river. The Bible says there's a river right now. And he is a right now God with right now power. The power of God is not just for the book of Acts. It's for right now. Some of you, some of you have been dry. Some of you need to get filled again with the power of the Holy Ghost. I mean, I I am so unashamedly charismatic, Pentecostal, Holy Ghost filled. We live in a world where the enemy is pointing at us with the big guns of hell and we're going to need more than a WWJD man. He said, I was on an airplane, Pastor Jim, and I was sitting next to this woman. She said, she was was a Christian. You could tell she was a Christian based on everything about what she was wearing, what she was wearing. She had... Christian t-shirt, she had Christian jewelry, she had Christian pants, she had a Christian handbag with scripture on it. She had a Bible, and she didn't just have a Bible, she had one of those Bibles with a Bible cover, and she didn't just have a Bible cover, on the Bible cover was more scripture, just in case the zipper malfunctioned, and she could still go, the grass withers, the flower fades, and the word of God stands forever. She looked like that she had been in a hurricane while taking shelter in a Lifeway bookstore. 
And she's sitting next to me on that airplane and she has all these little beads around her wrist, different colored beads. One had a cross and then there was different colors and the other end was a fish. And it's quite a spiritual situation. I knew that she was a Christian and she kept waving them in my direction. And there was no way that I was going to tell her I was born again. There's no way I was going to tell her I was a preacher because I think if she found out, one of us would have been raptured. It would have just been over. Boom, the trump of God. Hopefully not the pilot. But she's, she's sitting there and she's waving it in my direction. And she says to me, no, no, I said to her, I couldn't help it. I took the bait. I, I couldn't help it. I said, nice beads. And she says, this was here in America, she says, they're my evangelism beads. I said, really? Do tell. And so she begins to tell me, the, the gospel according to her beats. And I remember listening to the, the, this story and I thought to myself, Pastor Jim, I thought, if the future of global evangelism hinges on these beads, I think we've got a bit of a problem because the Bible doesn't say you shall receive beads when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. He says what? He says you receive power. I'm telling you right now, I, I, don't, I don't want beads. Imagine if Paul on the road to Damascus, light shines from heaven, boom. I'll go and share the gospel. In the upper room, they didn't get beads. They got the fire of God, man. They had a flame on every head. There was a flame for every person. There's a flame for every person in this place. And when the power of God comes on you, I want to bring this home. Peter was in that room. He gets filled with the Spirit. He stands up in the same city of Jerusalem, on those same cobblestone streets where he denied Jesus. He gets up and he says, Men of Judea, all you that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these men are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. He said, It shall come to pass. I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Can I tell you something right now? That word is still being fulfilled. There's coming a revival that's going to touch America. There's coming a revival that's going to touch Australia. There's coming a revival that's going to shape this world under the hand of God. Because he promised, he said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Woo, man. That's good news. And so Peter then goes into the city of Jerusalem. Having had that encounter with God. And he looks at the lame man and he says, silver and gold have I done. I do not have muchos dineros. I don't have any money. I don't have cash. I am out. But something happened to me at my mate's house, at his mum's place. We're upstairs and I got filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. So I don't have money, but I have something. I've never really tested this out before, so we're going to give it a go. In the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I don't know. You might have. Rise up and walk. And the Bible says, well, right there, if you stop the story right there, the guy wouldn't have got healed. You go, what are you talking about? It doesn't say that. It says that when, uh, when Peter reached out and picked him up, it was at that moment that his ankle bones and feet received strength. See, we can name the name of Jesus. We can believe all those things, but there has to be a moment where we step out in faith and lay a hold of the miracle from God. And this morning, we're going to reach out in faith and believe God for his power, believe God for his anointing, believe God for his fire to fill this place and do something supernatural in this house in the name of Jesus. See, <coughs> a number of years, years ago, in our church was a Sunday morning service, and I was in the office. It was about nine o'clock, and the phone rang, and I don't 
we have a team that answers the phones and whatever, but it was ringing, so I thought maybe someone wants to come to church. So I ran out, hello. And I hear on the other end of the line, do you believe in miracles? I said, hey. He said, do you believe in miracles? I said, I believe in miracles. Now, at that point, our church's name was different to what it is now. It was called Miracle City Church. So he, he says, I've called three churches and asked them if they, they believe in miracles. Let me, I forgot to mention that he was calling from one of the largest hospitals in Adelaide, Flinders Medical Center, and he had a paralyzed tongue. And that's why he was talking funny. And, and he, he said, that they, don't, they can't fix me. They've got me under watch because if I sleep, I could swallow my tongue. And, and so he was stuck in hospital and he was over it and he wanted to get free from it. So he rang three churches and all three of them said, we don't believe in miracles. Oh, isn't that crazy? Give me a break. If the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive on the inside of you and me, man, I, I believe what he did 2,000 years ago on the shores of Galilee, he can do right now in this house. Pastor Gabe, if you want to come, that'd be awesome. And uh, we're going to get God moving in this place in the last 15 minutes we had today. But, but so he, ring, he rings up and he says, do you believe in miracles? I said, not only do I believe in miracles, but come this morning, you're going to get one in Jesus' name. You say, oh, that's bold faith. I figured he didn't know what I looked like, so it didn't really matter. <laughs> So he comes into church and he sat next to me. He was sitting on the front. And he still had his hospital band around his, around his uh, wrist. And, and as we're doing church, I was getting ready to get up and transition the service and say, hey, we want to pray for those that have a need this morning and we're going to believe God. And before I could do that, I have a stepmother and she is, she's not just charismatic, she's charismaniac. She's not Pentecostal, she's Pentecostal. I mean, she's, it's, it's, next, it's next level. But if you're ever sick, she'd be the person you call. So I go up to do the, 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 the healing altar call in the service. And before I can get up, she comes in and just grabs the mic out of my hands. Now keep in mind, this man has a paralyzed tongue. She walks up to him, she says, yeah, and she's never done this before, and we haven't done this since. We tend not to do this to our visitors. But she walks up to this guy and she says, young man, I want you to pray in tongues right now. So I'm standing on the stage going, I'm pretty interested to see how this pans out, you know. Now, as far as speaking in tongues goes, there's not too many prerequisites. One is a relationship with Jesus. The other one, a functional tongue is always fairly helpful when it comes to praying in tongues. I thought the best that he was going to get that morning was speaking in teeth. I thought he could probably speak in teeth. So she walks over to him, puts his hand on his head, and says, in the name of Jesus. He hits the floor, screaming in tongues, completely healed by the power of God. Come on, somebody, give the Lord a shout. It gets, it gets cool, it gets cool. So he goes back to hospital. And they can't work out what's happened to him. How, how are you? How are you, how's this worked out? And he goes, I went to this crazy church and this short woman assaulted me. And she said, pray in tongues. And so I did, I prayed in tongues. And he said, and they said, well, what, what is that all about? And so they said, can we do a couple of tests on you? So hook him up to however this works. And I think one of his family members was also involved in this test as well. But they did this test. And the test was, they wanted him to pray in the spirit and also talk. So when he talked, there was activity in his mind. But when he prayed in the spirit, there was no activity in his mind. And they said, it's almost like you're praying from here. 
Doesn't the book of John say when Jesus said, he said, anyone who thirsts, come unto me and drink and out of your innermost being, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. I'm telling you right now, speaking in tongues, praying in the Holy Ghost, it's not not some demand that God puts on you. You know, if you're baptized in the Spirit, you don't have to speak in tongues. You get to speak in tongues. I mean, it's like, it's like you don't have to come to church. You get to come to church. You don't have to tithe. You get to tithe. You don't have to be generous. You get to be generous. I'm telling you, when you start to think of some of this stuff rather, rather than being a have to, that you change it to a get to and say, God, I want every gift you got. If God's got a gift for me, I don't know about you, I want it. I want the power of the Holy Ghost. Because when the power of the Holy Ghost gets on you, things will change. You know, you, if, we, if, we, if we all caught fire in this house, supernatural fire, I mean, we, could, we could see this city one to Jesus. I look at this story and the Bible says that there was a man outside the beautiful gate. He was lame. And I just, I really believe that what good is a beautiful church if there's a lame community around it? And I think, that's why I thank God for this church. This church is in the heart of this city having an impact. God's doing incredible things. And I tell you, if you caught fire today, if you say, God, touch me with your fire, touch me with your anointing, you can go home completely different by the grace of God. We can see heaven shake this city under the hand of God. and God, do something. We've just got a couple of minutes. Why don't we stand across this house? God's going to touch people this morning. Can we lift our hands to heaven all across this house? Up in the bleachers, down here on the floor, every person. If you're, if you're comfortable and you're not embarrassed, why don't you lift up your hands to God of heaven? Spirit of the living God. Spirit of the living God. Spirit of the living God, have your way. Have your way. Have your way in this house, oh God. Have your way. Move in this place with signs, wonders, and miracles. Pour out your spirit, Lord, even tonight. Let the fire of God touch this house tonight. Let miracles happen here tonight. Let your goodness and your mercy be poured out. Father, we're hungry today. We're believing God for your power today in this room. The anointing of God, just just for 30 seconds, just lift your hands and just begin to let the wine of heaven touch you. Let the new wine of the Holy Ghost just be poured out over you, upon you. The presence of God, church, lift up your hands to God of heaven. Just get your eyes on Jesus. Get your eyes on the one who walked on water. Get your eyes on the one who said, peace be still. Father, would you touch him with power from heaven? Would you touch him with the power and the anointing of your spirit? In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray fresh provision, fresh blessing, fresh favor. In the name of Jesus, fill him with the power of the Holy Ghost right now. Just receive. Turn your receiver on. That's it right there.